people are searching for three things, inspiration, education, or execution. I need ideas, I need it, or I need to do something right now. Thinking about our keywords and how to build a web of links back to one really high volume, highly competitive primary keyword, which might be harder to rank for, and you follow that inspiration, education, execution framework, there's just like, it's almost like endless topic variations that you can come up with. Welcome to Top of Mind, a show where we speak with top marketers, creators, and leaders who are shaping the culture around us. I'm Stuart Hillhouse, and I believe that through great marketing, you can earn the privilege of occupying a tiny sliver of your customer's already overflowing brain. Join me today as we learn what it takes to become top of mind. Growth marketing likes to get romanticized a lot on the internet. And many marketers don't help this stigma by continuing to write catchy headlines like how we grew 58% last month without spending a single dollar. But behind most of these growth strategies are thankless, tireless work of consistent building. My guest today is no stranger to long-term growth. He's been sowing the seeds for many years and has the podcasts and blog archives to prove it. He's the director of marketing at Databox, the host of the Ground Up podcast, and runs a Patreon community called Some Good Content. Join me today, I've got John Benini. This is, this is gonna be a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. I jumped into Some Good Content earlier today, and you're just like fully open book. Here are how I think about content. Here are my processes. Like That's something that I think a lot of people online really appreciate is, yes, you can have like the theoretical kind of ideas about marketing, but day to day, like what do people do? How do they organize their files? Those are the things that like really, really get people going. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like a marriage of a couple things. One data box is completely content driven. So this is all I think about, right. In terms of acquisition, you know, we're not, we're not running paid ads. We're not doing events. I mean, nobody's doing events right now. Mm. So it's, it's, it's our primary acquisition channel right now. So it's, and it's always been, you know, the, uh, an area of focus for me. So between that and between us being a small team, you know, growing off of profit, we have to be obsessed with process and things have to be repeatable. Our CEO, Pete Caputa is, you know, credit to him for really helping, helping me develop that side of, you know, my skill set. And I think it's really the marriage of those two things, being completely content driven every single day with Databox and the process oriented nature now of the job. And it seems like, it seems like other people are, having similar challenges or, or thinking about the same things. And yeah, they're just kind of looking for a place to, to, to gather and kind of talk about those things. So it's, it's, been, it's been fun. I think this just applies. This is just a life lesson that we're learning as the internet kind of inf- infiltrates our lives deeper and deeper every single year is like everyone is interesting at some level. You just have to like talk about what you do. And there's if through the magic of the internet, there's at least a thousand other people in the world who are like, oh man, that is the thing I needed to read today. So I wouldn't be surprised. You have to niche down. Yeah. You have to niche down. That's, that's the key is yeah. find that one thing that, that you're, the, your, is your superpower. The just don't, don't get very far, but yeah, if you niche down and you find your thing and you, you can build a tribe around it for sure. 
No doubt. You had a post that you put on uh, LinkedIn and Twitter last week that got a lot of engagement and it was all around the idea of content refreshing. And so I think yeah. your your opening line was something like, a huge market opportunity right now is someone to go in and identify blogs that could be refreshed and then do that work. And tons of people responded and people came out of the woodwork saying, oh, we do this. And like <laughs> yeah. a, lot of, a lot of conversation happened there. Tell me about what uh, drove you to write that post and then what you've learned since then? I mean, just from experiences, like, it's, you know, and, and it's been a big growth lever for us at Databox, updating content. And it's just, it's just the nature and the, the cycle of where we're all at in terms of content marketing. 10 years ago, you know, when people were just getting on board with inbound and the conversation was more about, here's why you should be blogging for your business. You know, it, it made sense. People went all in on creation and volume. There was, there was so much opportunity and there still is in terms of content creation. But here we are, you know, a decade later and we all have this backlog of content, you know, from our web, we've been blogging for 10 years, 12 years, 15 years, whatever it is. And there's this tremendous opportunity, greater opportunity to refresh and update older content that's actually going to yield bigger results than if you just keep pumping new content out day after day. And, and even if, you know, depending on, you know, depending on the company, of course, even if you stop new content creation altogether and focused on updates, if you have like 500 to 1,000 blog posts published all time at your company, you're probably going to see greater results than if, you know, even from shutting off your new content altogether. So it's something we did at Databox last, last summer into the fall. We updated probably 20 posts and saw 75% total increase wow. in organic traffic. And it's become a regular part of our process. We're starting to see big yields from it now too, as well from some that we've done several months ago. So it's become a regular part of our process now. And yeah, it's a massive opportunity. And the, the really the, the genesis of that post was there's so many marketing agencies that focus their services around creation. And there's not a lot that focus on update because I'll get questions on it a lot from people when I talk about it or if I put it on LinkedIn or when, when somebody sees a blog that we wrote on the results that we saw. They'll be like, oh, do you know anybody that specializes in this? I'm like, I'm honestly, like, I don't have a lot of names. I don't have a lot of agencies. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things where I put out. And there's a lot of agencies that said, we do that, but we don't have a dedicated page for it. Or there's even mm. some agencies that that's all they do. And I really feel like people are going to clean up because there's so much content out there uh, that we've already all published. And I think what I said was the, the greater opportunity is in updating, not creating. Yeah. I've also heard other people say that that organic distribution, like just being, just hiring someone to be your full-time Reddit and LinkedIn and Twitter person, <laughs> just <laughs> just jumping in conversations and, and providing the value. And then at the end, put, putting a link. So Right, That's right. Yeah. What you need to do, but it's it's always kind of like, but let's get more content out there, whatever. <laughs> right, right. Everybody, everybody likes measuring the stuff and how much new stuff. Yeah, it's but yeah, there, there's tremendous opportunity there. And I'm excited to see what what comes of that cuz there's there's definitely some solo consultants out there and some agencies that I think there was one called 10 Speed. That's all they do. And I, I could just imagine like the pitch that they have because if you're a company, like I said, that's been blogging for more than a couple of years, and let's say you have more than a hundred blog posts, you're going to see results from that, you know, from right. refreshing some older stuff. 
You mentioned that at Databox, you're purely content driven. You don't, you only do organic acquisition. What are some of the most predictable levers that you pull in content marketing that lead to that time to value or, or acquisition or whatever you kind of define as success in your, in your world? Yeah. So we found success early on by incorporating the insights of other people into our content. So the Databox blog has, has existed for several years, but really we started publishing in earnest around the subject matter that we talk about now in 2017, which is late, right? Like everyone else has been blogging since 2010, 2008, whatever, 2012. And so we knew we kind of needed a unique approach. And so what we decided to do was rather than just publish more single point of view content, hire some people or freelancers to write the next blog post on how to reduce your Facebook cost per click. We decided to start polling our customers at the time. Ask them, hey, how do you, how, what are some effective ways that you've reduced your cost per click on Facebook ads? We'd get 10, 15, 20 responses. We would build the narrative of the post around those responses and categorize them in whatever ways were appropriate. And what we started to see early on was that kind of made the content inherently viral, right? Because now you have 20 people that are going to go share the post. They're going to link to it on their site. They're going to include it in their newsletter. And we still do that to this day, except the volume is much higher, right? We're, we're publishing five of those a week. We have anywhere from 50 to 150 contributors in any given post. We're collecting some quantitative data from, these, from, from the contributors now. So that, that provides link building opportunities because people reference those statistics. So early on, like, that was our unique approach is let's not just publish other single point of view content. Let's include the insights of other marketers and what happened is it grew from just customers contributing to we would go and reach out to people who would, buy, who would be ideal customers at Databox. Mm -hmm. So whether that was marketing agencies or marketers at SaaS companies or e-commerce marketers, and we would reach out to folks like that and be like, hey, we're you know, writing this report on how to you know, reduce your cart abandonment rate in your online store. You know, can we get a quote from you and, and we'll give you a link back to your site? You know, the response rate is, is you know, like 40% to that. And so That's we good. would get a lot of people that would be ideal fits of Databox in our ecosystem just because they were contributing to our content. And it was a much warmer reach than if we were just, you know, you know, cold emailing people asking them to, you know, check out the product, right? So right. it helped us in a couple of ways. It helped us build up our content backlog and build up, a, you know, create a content asset that would drive traffic pretty quickly. Also, like it brought a lot of ideal prospects into our ecosystem, probably quicker than if we were just, you know, yeah, you know, had a, had a, some sort of sales motion and trying right. to do the same thing. So just to dig into that a little bit more, what I'm hearing is collaboration, uh, like yeah. choosing to work with your existing and prospective customers, offers a couple layers of growth where you're getting right. you're getting data that can be then turned into narrative, and then that blog post is no longer an opinion; it's actually data driven. When you're, you're a journalist now. You're not a you're not a columnist. That's essentially what what it is. Whereas blogs, company blogs, they're columnists. They're full of just a marketer like you and me writing a post from their point of view. Whereas going this route, you're more of a journalist. You're gathering quotes from subjects in the field. You're like a beat reporter. You're going out there. You're finding who the relevant subjects are. 
you're getting their quotes, you're building a narrative based on the quotes that you get. And like, that's, that's the, the end result. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's been a much more, I think, way to approach content rather than just me or, or a couple other freelancers filling the post with just our, our opinions and our experiences. I think it's a more comprehensive overview of the topics that we cover and just a more honest approach in general to content, not to mention it's inherently viral. So yeah, it's, it's been effective for sure. Okay. That's very cool. I love that. I love that way of thinking about it, of being a journalist rather than the columnist. Yeah. And then yeah. in a lot of cases, the journalist is the one who gets referenced when a columnist wants to talk about that subject. Exactly. Yeah. You turn on any news network, you know, who's brought in to talk a specific subject are the journalists. Yeah. Yeah. So you end, but in a, in a, in a digital way, that'd be just a backlink where someone yeah. says, Oh, and then Databox did this thing. Here's the, here's the yeah. link. Right. Yeah. One, one of the, one of the best things we did was collecting quantitative data when we started doing those surveys. So we can start saying a hundred people contributed and they said this was their average click. And that's the stuff that we've seen has been effective in people back linking back to those posts. I love that. That's very smart. So when you're defining these topics that you Mm -hmm. want to be covering, right? So as a journalist, you kind of have to define your beat is what you described it as. Say you're kind of like either taking over a content archive that isn't super well performing or you're going from scratch. Like how how would you go and define what clusters you should be focusing on? Right. I think um, starting to think of it in terms of levels, we're kind of toying around with as we do our own SEO research and keyword research. So really like the level one, that top level is that keywords super aligned and related to your business, what your product or your service does, right? So for us, that's business, business dashboard software and several variations of that, right? That's like your level one primary keyword. That's what like you want your homepage to rank for right? And then from there, like how we start thinking about it is, okay, so level two, a bit more specific. So rather than business dashboard software, which is very broad, it's going to be a bit more specific. And you're going to follow uh, this topic framework that I've started to introduce, which is based on people are searching for three things, inspiration, education, or execution. I need ideas, I need it, or I need to do something right now. We take that level two you know, the inspiration would be things like dashboard examples. You know, what are examples of a, of a business dashboard? What are examples of a sales dashboard? What are some marketing dashboard examples? That's inspiration, right? The education piece would be, how do I, what metrics do I include in a marketing dashboard? How do I build out my sales dashboard? How frequently should I set, uh, share dashboards with my clients or my team? That's the education piece. And then the execution part, people that just need to do something right now are like, marketing dashboard templates. They're searching for, I need templates. I want a sales dashboard template. Like I want it right now. I don't want to go create one, right? So that's how we've kind of started thinking about our keywords and how to build a web of links back to sort of one really high volume, highly competitive level one primary keyword, like business dashboard software, which might be harder to rank for. But when you start creating these levels below it, dashboard templates, marketing sales dashboards, marketing dashboard examples, how do I build a sales dashboard? Which metrics do I include? And you follow that that sort of inspiration, education, execution framework. There's just like, it's almost like endless topic variations that you can come up with. So level two is, you know, based on you know, marketing dashboards and sales dashboards and and all that thing. Level three would be going even deeper. So instead of just marketing dashboards, now you're talking about Google Analytics, 
and HubSpot and which metrics and how do I build a HubSpot dashboard? Before we go any deeper into level three, on level two, do you want to be uh, consistent in all three of those buckets or uh, focus on one to begin with? Or how do you think about those three buckets? I mean, we just create content. You know, we create ideas around all those at the same time, really. We're, we're putting, you know, we, we try to put 10 new posts into production every single week in order to be able to publish every single day. And so we try to cover all those bases, you know, examples, you know, the, on the inspiration side, the how-tos on the educational side, and, you know, reworking and optimizing our template pages, which has been a project we've been working on for the execution side. So we're, we're trying to, you know, we're doing all those things kind of at the same time. I'd say there's probably more volume in the educational phase, the how-to phase. But as we start being more conscious of these three areas, I think we're we see that there's a lot of opportunity in the inspiration phase. A lot of people search for ideas and examples and who should I follow and give me some examples of Facebook ads. And we don't, we haven't done as good of a job in that area. So I think having the three topic framework like that is allowing us to be more conscious. All right, all right let's try to touch all of these areas. It's going to give us a lot more internal linking possibilities and just more, more opportunity to rank from more keywords and build a real powerful you know, hub and spoke model. And are you using, are you just doing written content or are you in videos or podcasts? So we, so we have a podcast. It's not really tied into our content per se. Video is something that we, we want to incorporate into our content, short videos around each topic that we embed in the post just to help time on page, help in YouTube search. It's not something we're doing a ton of now, but yeah, so primarily up to this point, the podcast has been kind of its own asset and the the blog has been primarily just all written here and there. There'll be videos, but something we, we certainly want to be more deliberate about as we go forward. But to tie them all together, you could, in theory, if this is something you'd want to help execute on at any scale, like at, at your scale is big, you've got a team to work with. But if you want to even execute this at a, at a single person stage, you could do all this kind of pre-planning, figure out what your level two is, come up with like 15 topics for each bucket And then if you had a podcast, you could go find experts in each of those conversation buckets, record the episode, transcribe it, and then that becomes your blog post. Plus, you have the the asset of the podcast. Plus, you now have that connection to send it to them once once that blog's live. Right. Yeah. We're just going to hire you, uh, I guess, to come and come and help us do that. You got the whole thing down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But that's, that's, you know, that is how, you know, uh, as we start to ramp the podcast back up in, in coming weeks, like would like to start thinking of it in terms of that. Like how, how could we incorporate it into the content? Not, not just, you know, transcribing it, but also like how can it assist or how can it be a supplement to content that we're publishing much in the same way that a video could. I don't know that a ton of people do that well with podcasting, with audio. I, you know, a lot of people are doing it well with video, but I think, yeah, there is opportunity there to tie it in, tell the story a bit differently, but also use it as a supplement in the, in the, in the written content. And like I said, improve the time on page, which is going to help search rankings and, yeah. and engagement on your site and all those kind of things. I've heard a lot of people just say like, maybe the listenership isn't like amazing. It's not in like hundreds of thousands. It's probably not even in the thousands per episode, but when someone's in your funnel and like they're getting to know your company and they're, they're kind of engaging with a sales team or whatever, I do hear that a lot of people like at that point would kind of want to know, okay, do I want to even be in business with this other company? 
oh, I see they have a podcast. Let's see if those right. people jive with how I like to do, like how I think about this industry or whatever. So it, com- it becomes kind of like a one-off, like, oh yeah, like I'd like to do business with you. I listen to your podcast. And once you're in someone's, it's like a non-salesy sales tool in a lot of ways. Right. Yeah. It's just a, it's a good tool for staying top of mind for when people end up needing you, right? Yeah. If they're listening to your podcast and they end up needing a dashboard tool a year from now, you know, the, the first thing they're going to think of is, oh, I listened to that ground up podcast and I've heard those guys. Let me check that out. So it's, it's one of those awareness tools, but at the same time, when your customers are listening to it, it could be a really effective way of, of getting people to buy into the, you know, the worldview of your company and, and how you do things and how you're doing things differently. So for sure. Yeah. And I don't think the listenership to the podcasting is much bigger for, you know, just the, the level of intent that people have, even if 200 people are listening, listening to you talk on a podcast like that, that level of engagement is so much more intimate than, mm-hmm. than reading a blog post. It's like, that's the kind of attention that you want. So it's like, even if you're not getting 10,000 or even a thousand, like that's, that's not even important. It's just no. having that level of engagement with even 200 people is huge. Yeah, absolutely. We were talking about that level three of your mm. of your tiered blog system. And so that third level is now your name dropping specific tools, your name dropping software yeah, just, that you work in collaboration right. with or like you're putting it into like very tangible long tail keywords. Right. You're just getting super specific, right? Because a tool like Databox integrates with so many different things you know, Google Analytics and HubSpot, and we have 70 plus native integrations. So there's, there's endless amount of things you could just write on Google Analytics itself, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you were, say, an agency focusing in paid advertising, you know, your level one would probably be, you know, paid advertising agency or paid advertising consultant, or if you're, maybe you specialize in Facebook ads, Facebook ad agency, whatever it is. Your level twos would be like Facebook ad examples, right? How do I, how do I launch a Facebook ad campaign? You know, so your inspirational would be Facebook ad examples. Your educational would be how do I launch a Facebook ad campaign? And your execution might be something like, you know, the keywords, Facebook ad, uh, Facebook ad agencies or, you know, Facebook ad help or whatever it would be. And then you go a level deeper and you can get even, you know, even more specific. So I really think yeah, it's, it's a powerful way of aligning around one single primary keyword and, and just building a, a web of content that lifts up all the supports and lifts up all the content around it. So yeah, that, that's, that's kind of how we're starting to think through and organize our content now and just kind of get more, get more aligned and, and more uh, deliberate about what we, what we go after instead of what, what, you know, just gut feeling what topic should we cover this week, which is, yeah. you know, how a lot of us, you know, have, have approached content in the past. So we're, we're just trying to be more deliberate and, and, and sophisticated in how we approach what we're going after and how we build the supporting content around it. And then what, and so now it comes time to execution. Like we've got the strategy yeah. laid out. It's, it's mm. super nice on the whiteboard with stickies everywhere, or I guess now <laughs> virtual, virtual yeah. whiteboard, whatever you're using. Do you do this all in-house or do you outsource? Yeah, we have, we have no in-house writers right now. So we, we're working with uh, a, you know, a network of freelancers. We have a really tight process using Asana where basically you know, you know, we have a spreadsheet of information. Basically, every idea starts in a spreadsheet. And included in the spreadsheet, we have the topic cluster it belongs to. So using the example before, you know, business dashboards, let's say. There we have the, set, the related keywords, the content type. Is it going to be a blog post? Is it going to be a pillar page? The search motivation. Is it inspiration? Is it education or execution? 
the status title headlines. We map out the headlines, basically outline the whole post before a writer even gets it. Mm. So you pick the headlines, right? Yeah. We'll basically plug, you know, super simple way, plug the keyword into Google and then see what the FAQs are. And most times if you cover those keywords and the related keywords at the bottom of the page, Google is going to know, okay, not only does this post cover the primary keyword that they search for, but they're also covering related keywords, FAQs. Ooh, that's and really good. Sort of rank your, you know, consider your page higher authority, right? And it's kind of like the hack we've been using. So we'll put all that into a spreadsheet as a group, as a team. We'll review the the, the topics once a month in a content editorial jam session that we call it. And we kind of approve 40, 50 ideas. And then they all get built out, put into Asana, and eventually assigned to a writer. And they'll have all that information ahead of time. What are the specific headlines going to be? Suggested URL. What's the primary keyword? So the right, all the writer has to do is write. Like focus on the thing that they're great at, the thing that they enjoy, and that's just write. So they're not spending time researching. They have all the information. They have all the quotes from the contributors from the survey that we did around that same topic. So the writer just gets their brief, and everything's asynchronous. Like I rarely have to get on the phone with a writer, and when it does, when we do, it's really just to catch up. And the whole thing has moved really smoothly like that for a couple of years now. And, you know, we've, we've scaled up and hired more writers and we'll continue to do that. But yeah, it's, it's been working really well for us. That's sweet. And I think that asynchronous, like there's no reason for content to happen nine to five. That can be a 24 hour cycle, yeah. especially if you have it laid out that way. Yeah, for sure. And the writers all get the process. It's, it's, it feels really good when everybody, everybody's gelling, everybody understands the process. No one really has questions and it just, the only, the only, you know, the only bottleneck is coming up with new ideas. New topics. <laughs> That's a good problem as to long, have. As long as you're keeping you, that filled, it's, the whole thing's going to keep moving. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so switching gears a tiny bit, the, you've got a, a community of, of marketers that you that you host and entertain online through your Patreon page called Some Good Content is the name of the community. Uh, and then you've got this series within it called Good Content Plays. And uh, this is where I kind of got the idea of talking about kind of I, looking at the way another blog company, a company that has a blog, how they do it and kind of dissecting the virality, how yeah. they have hooks in it, how they grow, how they use data. And so one of the examples you use was Ahrefs, Ahrefs, which is an SEO tool that's getting a ton of publicity right now. Like everyone in the marketing world is kind of geeking out about how well they're doing it right now. So everybody's going to crush, yeah. <laughs> the content crush, I love that. <laughs> but the thing is, they laid that groundwork 18 months ago to be where they are at right now. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that, at the, least. Isn't that the case with most success stories, right? Yeah. Exactly, right? So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh yeah, well, whatever, like the it, it's going to be irrelevant by the time my content gets picked up by Google and starts being promoted, like... Right. Better do it now than to never do it, right? Even if it's right, just right. a couple a couple ideas that you want to put using this framework, like it's going to do better than just the piecemeal, like all over the place strategy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. The the good content plays. The funny thing about that is that that was kind of just like a throwaway thing that I did. Like when I first started the group, that wasn't in my mind at all. I did one, and it's funny how when you the ideas you have before you launch something and then what actually ends up resonating with people, like you really don't learn anything until you launch. Right. Like, yeah. And, and that started to take off. So I was like, Oh, I guess I'll keep doing this. And it's, it's, it's a way for me to continue learning as I dive into what's working on other blogs. How are some of the best content companies doing content driven companies doing this? 
and just kind of dissecting their content, talking to the people that work there, plugging their website into SEMrush and kind of analyzing the data, seeing what you can find. And it's been really enlightening for me too, as I'm writing it. And yeah, and it seems to be resonating with other people as well. So yeah, that, that, that whole series has been a lot of fun and a big learning experience for me too. What do you look for in companies that you want to feature or you're willing to go spend the time and deep dive into them? Well, the first ones that, you know, the ones I'm covering, basically I asked on LinkedIn a month ago, like, what are the, what are the companies you think of first when you think of companies that have grown off the back of content? And that, that post blew up on Twitter and LinkedIn. And I must've got 80 responses. And what I did was I, I went through and all the ones that were mentioned multiple times, I threw into a spreadsheet put links to their blog, their YouTube channel, and other resources on their site, put it in a spreadsheet. And then I ended up putting that on some good content and be like, all right, here you go. Here's all the sites. I think it, it was like 50 sites, 50 brands that were mentioned multiple times. And so those are the people I put in there. And I was like, here you go. I put a resource together that has all 50 brands, links to their blog, links to their YouTube, links to like additional like interactive resources they have on their other content resources they have on their site just here you go. It's like a little study guide, like go check out each one and go see what they're doing. And so then I just started going down the list, whether it was nice. NerdWallet or HubSpot or AppQs or whoever it is, Loom, and just go through and start like studying them and seeing what they're doing. And really that's how this, this first batch that, I mean, I could cover these 50 companies forever, right? I'll never run out. But that's really where I got the the first, you know, the first handful from is, you know, what's everyone else what's everyone else's opinion and let me tackle those companies and see what they're doing right. And since obviously there's already people out there that there's already demand for, yeah. for them and, and there's already admiration, like people are going to want to know why and how they're doing what they're doing. So the, those are the first people I dug into. And yeah, it's been, like I said, been a, a good experience for me just learning and being able to apply it to Databox, And it's, it's just been a good, good process. What's your process for looking under the hood? Yeah, so a couple of things. One, like I said, plugging their their site into SEMrush and just seeing like how many backlinks are they getting? Where is it coming from? What are their top pages? And and you can draw a lot of conclusions just by seeing that kind of information. Also, just reaching out to the people who run content at those companies and be like, hey, what are you guys doing? What's working really well right now? What's gotten you to where you're at right now? What's the next big thing that you're working on that you think is going to have a big impact on the overall company? So yeah, talking to people, plugging their info into SEMrush and just visiting the site. Like there's a lot you can learn just by looking at their site structure, looking at how they structure their blog post, where the link's going to. And I would say those three things is primarily how I'm sort of diving in and dissecting what's working for, for each one. You're almost reverse engineering what we just talked about for your your Patreon group. Like you're out, you're asking your users for yeah. data points yeah. and then you're using that as your, your content structure. Like right. it's, it's repeating. It's, it's just how that's human nature is like we have questions and then, but as, as a group, you can kind of find questions that we don't know we have yet. Kind of like everyone's right. at different layers. And so yeah. by having a diverse group, you kind of get those very mm-hmm. beginner questions and they inevitably step up, 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 up until you're like, it's almost flipped your, your three layers. It's flipped. You're yeah. getting more detailed as you get more experienced. Right. Yeah. Moral of the story, just crowdsource your content in some way. <laughs> find, <laughs> find a way. That's what I did for this conversation. So yeah. there's, one, there's, one, there's actually, I haven't gotten there yet, actually. So here's a question from the crew. If there was one, if you had to cut one popular type of B2B content, so blog posts, webinars, podcasts, videos, 
because it doesn't contribute contribute enough to revenue, which one would it be? Well, if it doesn't contribute to revenue, I would just cut all of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that, that, let's get rid of the, the the contribute to revenue and just say contribute yeah. to your success metrics. Yeah, obviously it, it it depends on the company size and all that. And one thing that we're not investing in that we don't plan to is webinars. Couple reasons. We're I mean our our product is you know a, a lower lower ACV. You know, I think webinars are great when you have a inside sales team and you're generating leads through eBooks and that kind of thing and you need, you know, or webinars and then sales calls into those folks. For us, it's a low ACV product. There's a free plan. There's no sense for us to introduce these distractions in the middle of the funnel. Like people come to the site based on content that's relevant to the things they're searching for. We have a free plan that's that's it's not, it's not a free trial. It's a it's a free plan. Like as long as you stick to three data sources and under a certain amount of dashboards, like you could use it forever. So for us, like webinars don't really make sense, right? Like we can do it to educate. I think it would be good for customer marketing and show customers how to use the product and say like how to identify which blog post you should update next using DataBox. Like that'd be a good customer webinar, and that's something that we've toyed with and experimented with in the past and. Who knows, we might, we might invest more in the future. But as of right now, from an acquisition standpoint, webinars and eBooks, basically like that, that, that premium content that introduces a sort of middle ground in between a website visitor and a customer is something we're not, we don't really need to invest in right now because we have a free, attractive free product. Yeah, yeah. And sorry, ACV is annual contract value. Value, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I, I had to Google that one, I'll be honest. <laughs> right. For so like the bigger enterprise companies that aren't, you know, takes them a couple months to buy, webinars is a really effective strategy. So I would never say cut cut webinars wholesale. That's why I say it, it depends on what the size of your company is, who your buyer is, what the annual contract value is. If you're enterprise, you know, webinars probably makes a lot of sense. Keep rocking it. But for us, you know, in our context, it doesn't, uh, yeah. n- nor does ebook. So that's something we don't really invest in. No, I like that. I like that thought process. Like it's not going to, it's not the answer for everyone. You just need to kind of right. figure it out for yourself. But that makes sense that if you have a low contract value, offering different hooks are probably the way to go rather than putting a lot of emphasis in those like heavy touch points. Right. Exactly. Yep. Getting to the end here, John, your paid community that you have through Patreon what what if, what's been the biggest thing you've learned since launching that? Because I think you've you've obviously put in the work to put out a ton of free stuff to build mm-hmm. the the following and an interest for you to then say for ten bucks a month jump on board and then you get access to like the inside of your brain, not just the outside of your brain. <laughs> what 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 was what's been the biggest learning phase from from start launching that community? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say the first thing was one that I told you before, which is that you really don't learn or know anything until you launch. And the things I thought would be the big drivers and the big reasons people signed up actually weren't. And the things that are, I weren't even ideas before I launched. So really like, it's, it's almost like all the thinking and all the brainstorming before I launched was a waste of time. <laughs> I should have just <laughs> launched, just started writing and, see, and seeing and just trying things. And I feel like we all know that lesson, but you just continually learn it over time. You know, when, when things reach the end user for the first time, like that's when you really learn. The second thing, just, you know, what I'm learning about other people is that how many people just still have questions with the basics? How do you come up with ideas? How do you know which keywords to go after? So we like to think that, you know, everybody wants these really brainy pieces and, 
and stuff, but they really just want the frameworks and the basics for understanding like, how do I, how do I scale up? How do I know what to write about? How do I know which keywords to target? And so like, that's been a good, like just learning experience because I ask every single person manually when they sign up, like, Hey, you know, what are you looking, what are you hoping to hear and learn? And I have so many deep conversations through those DMs with people that are just telling me, Hey, I'm new at the job and this is my challenge. And those conversations are invaluable, not just from, for some good content, but just understanding the content space in general and being able to be, you know, a better, a better contributor just as a content marketer and and being able to help people and understand what other agencies or companies and internal marketers are going through. So yeah, that, that's been huge is just having conversations with, with every person, you know, almost every person and just really understanding what, what they're going through and what they're hoping to hear and learn. And it's different than what you envision going in. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing. And that's the biggest reason why we should talk to talk to users and talk to customers. So, but overall it's just been a lot of fun, honestly, just building a community of other real content geeks and people that respect the craft and, and are using it as a way to grow their businesses. And it's really fun to kind of build a tribe around those kind of people and just hear the questions that people ask. It's, it's, it's been a blast. I bet it also is a pretty interesting tool for you as a as a marketing leader as well. You've you've got you're running a team to build empathy and by by practicing kind of with these people who uh, might not work with you day to day, but they're like, John, right. I've got this problem. Like, help me out. But <laughs> for every new hire you have, they're probably in the same mindset. They're like, holy, like I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, how do I ask this question? How do I show myself? So right. I bet a lot of those questions kind of that comes through the, the group are super applicable to your, to your data. Yeah, it's a good too. point from a management perspective. Yeah. It helps uh, continue to build empathy and understanding for, for what other, other folks or challenges they might have and, and things they might run into. And I hadn't thought of it that way, honestly, but yeah, that, that could definitely be a benefit. I could see, you know, mm. of, of, of being around so many other content marketers. But would you have anything big planned over the next 18 months for that group? I mean, not even just 18 months, but I mean, uh, coming shortly, what, you know, after that content update stuff, like um, I'm basically put to, putting together like a, a content update pyramid, like the most important things that you should update, the, you know, the things that are a little less important on up the pyramid, because a lot of people were just asking, like, is there any resources out there? Like, how do we know how to update a piece? So basically, I'm going to put together some training around that. That'll help me formalize it too. just formalize my thoughts around it for my own team but also get it out there for everybody else. Like here's the resource. Here's the videos, the the content update pyramid. Here's all the info you need for, you know, taking a run for, for updating your own content. So that's, that's one thing I'll be developing over the coming weeks and stuff in my spare time. And that I, you know, having a blast just, you know, kind of brainstorming and coming up with the initial topics and assets for. Awesome. Last question for you. What is uh, what's a marketing skill that you're actively trying to improve? Hmm. Jeez. All of them. <laughs> I would say, you know, planning, uh, you know, the, the planning process, not just next quarter, but, you know, having a longer view, you know, obviously it gets less specific, the longer out you're planning 12 months, whatever, but just having a, that ability to plan more effectively and know what we're doing now is a building block towards what we could be doing in nine months from now is definitely a skill and one that, you know, working with, you know, again, working with Caputa has, has been has been a game changer for just from helping me sort of you know nurture that skill set. So I think 
that's something that I'm actively just, you know, as I continue building out the team and people come in under you to, to take over certain functions, just continuing to get better at that planning function and strategy and putting, putting together a cohesive strategy for the team that makes sense, not just now, but also ties into like here, here's where we hope to be in six, 12 months, you know, and, and how it all ties together. I think it's a definitely a learned uh, skill and one that I'm, you know, constantly trying to get better at every day. Yeah. That's a muscle that not many until you're at that level that you can even yeah. really work on. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, wicked John, thank you so much for taking the time. You can find out more about Databox at databox.com. And then if, if, if we didn't convince you that you should jump on with some good content and <laughs> see what John's group's all about, you can find out more about that at patreon.com slash some good content. Wicked John, thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, this was fun, man. Thanks for having me on and geeking out for a little while. <laughs> Cheers. If you enjoyed anything that you just heard, you're going to absolutely love what I'm about to tell you. If you go online to stuarthillhouse.com and hit the subscribe button, you'll be added to an email list where I share exclusive content related to this show. This is where I'm going to share my key takeaways from each episode, including my highlights, top of mind takeaways, and next steps that you can do to put this advice to action. I also share some real life breakdowns of marketing campaigns that I'm seeing around and how I'm using it in my work. So head on over to stuarthillhouse.com and hit the subscribe button to get your first email. Looking forward to seeing you there.